So welcome to Grace Church. We are so glad that you're here. If you're online with us, we are thrilled that you're here with us online as well. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Pastor Dan. Uh, I'm the lead janitor here at Grace. And, uh, and they let me teach. They let me teach. So, uh, you know, go, go figure that. So today we're going to talk about a passage of Scripture that is, uh, in my opinion, easy for me to read, hard to do. And so it's found in Ephesians chapter number 6. If you brought your Bible, you're welcome to turn there or you're one of your devices. And uh, we will just see what the Lord has for us today. I'm excited to talk to you about this. Uh, you know, honestly, on Mother's Day, I typically don't teach a Mother's Day message. I normally do a lot of stuff. We do pictures and then Pastor Dan just does his thing and, uh, and we go home. So, but today is different. I'm going to actually teach a message on Mother's Day, but it's not really directed to necessarily mothers. It's directed to all the rest of us and uh, how we're going to honor our moms this next year. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul writes to the Ephesian believers and he says, Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you'll have a long life on the earth. So here's what we see in this passage of Scripture. First of all, there is a command here. The command is not optional. You're not the exception to it. You know, the bottom line is, is that you have a command from God to honor your mom. And then there's a promise. And the promise is, is that if you honor your mother well, if you do it as God wants you to do it, then you're going to get two things. You're going to get life, you know, just, you're going to kind of not get the easy ticket, but you're going to get a better ticket. That's what the, what the passage says, that it's going to go well for you. And there's another part of the promise in that you're going to get longer life if you honor your mom well. Now, is there exceptions to that? Of course there are. But this is a promise from God, and uh, I think it is amazing. And so let's talk about what it means to honor your mother, because I think, you know, everybody has kind of a different definition of what that means. And this is a difficult day for many, and it's a joyous day for many. And we're trying to figure out how to minister to everyone in the room. So let me just say, honor your mother is being respectful in word and action, having an inward attitude of esteem for their position and their, per and their person. That's what it means. So what did, what did Paul mean when he wrote this? So to know what Paul meant, we have to go back to the original language and ask the question, what does the word honor mean? And the Greek word for honor means to rever, to, to, to revere. It means to prize and it means to value. So there's a sense of reverence, there's a sense of, there's this sense of, of valuing greatly and prizing who they are. So that is, that is what Paul meant by the word. So the question is, how then do I honor my mother? And so let me just start with this. I'm just going to say the best place for you to start is how God deals with you. If you want to know with how, how then do I deal with other people, one of the best places for you to start is just by saying, well, how does God now respond to me? And this is what I've discovered in my life. Maybe it's true of yours too. I'm certain it is, but you got to make that decision. But here's the reality. God has always in my life been more gracious than I deserved. Is, do you agree with that? And he has certainly been a lot more merciful than I deserved. So if I just take those two concepts and I learn to plug them into every relationship, and if I just 
And if I just give more grace, more grace than I think anyone deserves, and if I just give more mercy than anyone could possibly imagine, then I think I'm going to be okay with God as it relates to this particular concept. So I want to remind you that uh, you're in the same boat as me. You, I'm certain of this. I am absolutely certain that you get more mercy from God than you actually deserve. Do you agree? That was kind of a weak amen. I'll be, just be amen and all by myself, I guess, here today. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, it's true, and you've been given more grace than you can possibly imagine. So let's just take that to our relationship with everybody, and in particular with our moms. So what I want to do today, I'm going to be really practical. This is a pragmatic message, and I'm going to talk about six ways to honor your mom. Now, what we all have in common is that we all have, we all have a mom or a mom figure in our life, right? Either we had one or we, you know, everyone was birthed by somebody. You didn't, you were not, I know your parents told you this, but you were not found under a rock. <laughs> there was a lady, there was a lady in your life that gave this incredible amount of this thing called labor, which is, I don't know what that word means, but I saw my wife go through it and I'm going, I am so glad. I am so glad that that's your calling, honey. I, <laughs> I'll be here to hold your hand, support you, and you can cuss at me. I, no, she wouldn't cuss, but I'm just saying, I'm just glad that wasn't my calling in life. But moms, wow, that's pretty darn amazing that you would do that. So that's what we all have in common. We all have a mom or a mom figure. And uh, here's the reality. I think there are six ways that for sure that I can learn to honor my mom no matter who she is or where she comes from. So I think the first thing, and this is right out of the chute, I think the first thing that I need to learn to do is that I need to learn to forgive my mom. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But it's not so weird because the reality is, is that your mom is just as broken as you are. And she's made a lot of mistakes along the way. I mean, these babies came out. My, my wife gave birth to three children. And I'm going, where is the manual? You know, I'm going, how do, I want to read something here. And there, I didn't find one. There's just, I mean, a lot of people write books about it, but I'm going, they, uh, they weren't very helpful. I'm just, you know, I've got this kid that sometimes pees in my face and I don't know what to do with him. And, and you know, that's kind of where most moms are. You know, they're you know, given this position and a blessing of motherhood and yet they don't know what to do. And they're just broken like you and I. The fact is, is there are no perfect parents. There's no, your mom isn't perfect. She never has been. She never will be until she gets to heaven. Then that, that's perfection. But until then, no. All parents have fallen short of their children's expectations for sure. And in all likelihood, even their own expectations. When you think about, when you think about your own journey as, as a parent, I think all of us have the same thing in common. All parents do. We all think, man, I, did I mess that kid up? You know, thinking, oh, gosh, I mean, how, I hope they survive. I hope they'll figure this out in counseling. I don't know. They probably will. Our, parent, our parents, bottom line, have sinned against us. They have. They have made unwise decisions. They have had unrealistic expectations. They have said and done things that have deeply wounded us at times. That's the nature of what parents do. And in my generation, these are things that, Thank God these aren't said anymore, but these are things that parents used to say to their kids. 
let me just see if you can relate to any of these. I only had kids so that they could carry up the groceries. <laughs> Ever heard that expression? I hope your parents never said that to you. This is one that was said to me a lot. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Everybody, anybody ever heard that expression? And then, you know, my dad said this more than my mom, but my mom said it too. This hurts me more than it hurts you. That is not true, mom. It is not true. It hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. And, uh, and this was one my mom said to me almost every day. One day, God willing, you're going to have one just like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. It happened. And then, and then I, this was said to me pretty regularly too. Wipe that smile off your face or I'm going to wipe it for you. <laughs> so those are the things that from my generation that we all else, our, our parents said to us, and hopefully we didn't say much of that back to our kids, but I'm sure some of it was said as well. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have broken parents, right? You, do you understand that? We have broken parents. They are, they are sinners. They came from Adam's race. They are broken just like you and I are. But here's the problem. And here's the addition. You're also part of the problem too. Do you understand that? Undoubtedly, the most stressful time for any couple is parenthood. You know, everybody wants to get pregnant until they have their first child. And then you go, what was I thinking? You know what psychologists have found out? Is that marital happiness goes down by 92% after your first child. 92%. What am I, what were we thinking? 92%. You know why? Because I wasn't planning to be up at two o'clock in the morning. I wasn't planning to, you know, that all these feedings and changing and all this crying going on. And, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I just didn't, ha- again, I didn't have a manual. I wasn't expecting that. So I'm part of the problem. My parents didn't know what to do with me. And, uh, and, and couples then when they have children, they just get stressed out. They get stressed out. And oftentimes that stress, we directly cause. Let's just admit that. So today, somewhere along your way with your mom, you ought to say, Mom, I'm so sorry I stressed you out. That would be a great present. I mean, that would be better than lunch, actually, for many of them. So get this. This is, you know, we've had some fun with it, but this is, this is what I want you to hear today. Get this. Your parents, good or bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly, your parents are the story that God has designed for your life. Now soak that in. Your parents are part of the story that God has designed for your life. You are writing a story. You are, you are a story in God's book. And part of that process is that, that your parents were a part of that story writing. So the, the big idea here is that you got to forgive them. you got to forgive them for the, all the mistakes they've made with you. And uh, that is a gift. And I, I, please don't go home today and say, Mom, I just want you to know I forgive you. Don't say that. <laughs> you know, you really messed me up. <laughs> so, so God, so Mom, please, for, I just want you to know I forgive you for all how bad you really were. Then, you know, I'm going to be in trouble. Your mom is going to write me an email or a letter, and it just won't be pretty, okay? So don't do that. But in your heart right now, choose to forgive her and let it go and let God heal your heart and let it be a part of your story. The second thing that I would say to you, these are six ways to honor your your mom. 
Not only should you forgive your mom, that honors her, but you also should speak well of her, both publicly and privately. And what I mean there is with gratitude. You need to express gratitude on a regular basis. Your mom needs to hear words of gratitude, but you need to make sure you get this right. Not like this guy. There was a former tailback for USC football team that decided he was going to get his mom's name tattooed four inches across his chest. And his mom's name was Mabel. So he went out and uh, he got Mabel tattooed across his chest, M-A-B-L-E. But the problem was, is that wasn't how she spelled her name. It was M-A-B-E-L. So you want to, if you're going to do it, you got to get it right, okay? You just got to get it right. And here's something for, uh, for you boomer parents. So how many boomers do we have in the audience today? God bless you. I'm a boomer. God bless you. So how many of you boomers have ever heard this expression, oh, boomer? Okay, some of your kids know, know what I'm talking about. And uh, my, my kids schooled me on this because they say it to me on a pretty regular basis, oh, boomer. <laughs> and what they mean by that isn't that, you know, I was born by, in a certain time frame. What they mean by that is I am technologically illiterate. <laughs> and stupid in a lot of other categories as well. So when I do something stupid, and thank God that I'm in a place in my life where I have, a, you know, I have an IT department here, Grace, and I can just take my personal phone and go, Hey, it doesn't work right. Can you fix it? And uh, that's always a blessing for me, and that, that's, always, that's a good thing. But uh, sometimes my son works for Verizon, and sometimes I'll ask him, and, and uh, he'll roll his eyes at me. And, he, and in his spirit, he's saying, oh, boomer. Right? So, you know, moms and dad, listen, if your kids say that to you, they mean well. They do. But it's just not, it's just not good. So if you're calling your parents that, stop it. I'm just saying just stop it. It's not good. Everybody needs to be encouraged. Do you know how often, this is so good, do you know how often, this, will, this is going to give you some motivation for really being kind <clears throat> to your mom. Do you know how often she sat through something that you were in that you weren't very good at? <laughs> you know that play that you had that one solo and you didn't sing one note on key? And your mom sat there with a smile on, your, on her face. And she, she's the only one in the audience that gave you a standing ovation at the end. I mean, come on now. you got to cut your mom some breaks for that, right? I mean, now, think about that. Now, think about what you can do to encourage her. All those years, you know, maybe you were, wanted to be an athlete. Maybe you thought you were the next Michael Jordan. And, uh, and uh, it just wasn't true. In fact, you got cut from the basketball team. Your mom was the mom was there that was yelling at the refs and the coaches because they didn't play you enough, right? That was your mom. So if that's the case, then I would recommend to you that you cut her amazing amount of grace and just, and just figure out a way to speak well of her life. Thirdly, and this is something that I want you to know that I've failed in greatly, you need to learn how to listen to her stories. She has great stories. Your mom more than likely has great stories from the past. Great stories about her childhood. Great stories about, you know, where she came from, what she did. And oftentimes, you know, in my experience, a lot of times with my parents, they repeated them so often that I just kind of, I tuned it out, right? 
So I, you know, over and over again, say, I, I got it, Mom. I, 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 get, I heard that story before. But if I'm going to really love my mom the way I need to, I'm going to tell you what I need to learn to do is sit on my hands, shut my mouth, turn my ears on, and listen to the stories because I wish today that I could hear some of those stories. I can't. But there was a time I could. And that time that I could, I wasn't as interested as I should be. A great failure on my part is I didn't listen enough to the stories that my mom had. And then this is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do. Another thing, number four, is to seek her wisdom. She has a lot. We honor our moms when we seek their wisdom through life's twists and turns, when, when life turns upside down on us. The Bible constantly associates youth with folly and age with wisdom. All through the Bible. Youth has folly, age has wisdom. So I want to show you a verse of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, this is what it says. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And here it comes. And don't reject your mother's teaching. For they, are, they will be a garland of grace on your head and a chain of gold around your neck. The Bible says here that your mother's instruction is like wearing a very expensive piece of jewelry. Same value. You just put that wisdom on. You, you seek their wisdom. First of all, you know, if you ask for your mother's wisdom, you might need to know CPR because you probably haven't asked very often, right? So maybe that's a good start. But I'm just telling you, she will fall all over herself if you come to her and say, you know, I'm struggling a bit and I know that you're so wise. Would you just give me some help here? We do well when we learn, lean on them for understanding. Number five. Spend time with them. Spend time with them. But there's a problem with this. The great hindrance of spending time with our parents is the speed of life which we go on. So let's talk about that speed of life for just a second because it's robbing you of something incredible. Let's go back to the verse. Just think about the verse I read at first. Honor your mother, which has the promise of having long, good life and long life. So one of the hindrances to being able to honor your mother is not spending time with her. This is a hard thing because of the speed of life that you and I function on. Dallas Willard, Willard is probably the smartest man that I've ever personally met. And he jotted down some thoughts about hurry. And this is what he says. Hurry involves excessive haste or a state of urgency. So starting Monday morning at 8 o'clock, life's on urgency, right? Get the kids out the door, get to, get to work, you know, get this, got to go here, you know, got the doctor's appointment. Life is just this amazing, blinding thing that you and I go through that is, 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 is hurting. So he, Dallas Willard writes, it says, it's associated with words such as hurl, hurdle, hurly-burly, meaning uproar, or hurricane. Life is like a hurricane. We're just blowing through life. He defined it as a state of frantic effort one falls into in a response to inadequacy or fear 
or guilt. Because after all, you're going to retard your children's growth if they're not in five sports at one, on, at one time, right? Come on now, let's just think about that. So a lot of times, out of guilt or of fear, what we do is that we, we make bad decisions. In, the sim, in, the, in simplicity, the essence of hurry is having way too much to do. And here's what I've discovered about my life, and maybe you can relate to this, is that about 80% of the things, 90% of the things that I'm going to do next week, starting Monday at 9 o'clock, aren't going to even matter a year from now. I won't even remember I did them. And yet I'm going to go through that busy cycle and it's going to, it's going to create little process, progress in my life and it's going to help little in learning how to honor the people that I'm supposed to honor. So to choose to live an unhurried life in our day is somewhat like taking a vow of poverty in earlier centuries. You realize that people used to take vows of poverty. They recognized that wealth hurt people. And so there are people that actually went and lived among the poor, didn't have to, went and lived among the poor because they felt it was God's calling in their life. So here's what I want to suggest. That was difficult. Could you imagine that? That would be difficult. But it's just as much of an act of faith and just as difficult to make a decision in a world that is hurried to say, not me. If you want to know how difficult it is, just drive 60 down the freeway someday and watch what people do around you. Watch the names they call you. Because you're in their way. To live an unhurried life oftentimes means that I'm in somebody's way. But I'm telling you, as surely as I'm standing here, I believe that would be one of the healthiest things that you and I could do is figure out how to live an unhurried life because of what's at stake. And what's at stake is honoring God and honoring my parents and being able to do that. And what hinders me from being able to do that is just the time that I don't have. So let me just talk to you about something personal for just a few minutes. Last week, I was in a cemetery out in Fallon. And the reason I was there is because about three weeks ago, my mother-in-law died. And uh, I'm telling you, shout out to her, best mother-in-law I could have ever asked for. She was amazing. I was her favorite son-in-law. <laughs> Only one, but I was, still her I was still her favorite. I'm just saying, I'm on record saying that. She was amazing. So Judy and I, had, we've had all this stuff to do. And uh, so we took a trip out to Fallon after, after everything settled down and spent some time in the cemetery. And buried right next, not next, but very close to my mother-in-law's grave is my parents' grave. Both of them. So my mom died in 2000. And my dad died 10 years later, 2010. If I do my math right, my, I, you know, my dad has been gone for about 11 years, my mom for about 21 years. And here's what I've discovered. That time, from the time that they, that they both died, went to have both of them were believers, that time has been light speed. I mean, it was like yesterday. It was like yesterday that I was standing at that grave over both of them, 
and saying things to people about the hope that we have in Jesus. And then here we are, 2021. Here we are, 2021, and I'm thinking, wow, where did that time go? And then I look at my life and I go, good night. Good night. You think about the speed of life. And now I just wish that I could have just one more conversation. Just one more. I'll get that day someday in heaven. But I wish I'd have taken just a bit more time in my, you know, I'm in the ministry and, you know, and, and uh, I always had something to do in ministry. I, I tell you, it's one of those things I look back in my life and go, not a good choice some days. Not a good choice. So if I could say anything to a younger population than me, I'm saying, listen to me, slow down. Slow your life down enough to where you can spend some time with the people that are the most important people in your life. Honor your mom by spending time with her. So powerful. The last thing that I would say to you is that the last way that we, that we honor our parents is by serving them. And that I'm going to let you fill in the blank of what that means. Only you can figure that out. It means different things at different times of life. In an older phase, sometimes it means, you know, long-term care for them. In a younger life, maybe it means just showing up at their house going, hey, mom, what can I do for you today? I mean, it could mean anything to a variety of people. But what I know for sure, what I know for sure is true is that when you ask your mom, can I serve you, there's something that happens in her heart that cannot be found any other place. It communicates so much. And really, it's the model that Jesus gave us, isn't it? Remember that night before he was crucified? How he took off his outer garments, set them aside, and he went, and went around and he washed each one of the disciples' feet. And then he looked him in the eyes and said, just as I've done to you, I want you to do to one another. Serving speaks volumes. I would rather speak one word in serving than a thousand with my tongue. It's powerful. So even if your mom says, no, no, I don't need anything, not true. It's not true. She needs to know that you would do anything for her. That's what it means to honor, to revere, to value her life. God calls every child of God in every age to show honor to parents. No exceptions. Good parents, bad parents, doesn't matter. He calls us to be people who respect his sovereignty by respecting the parents he saw fit to give to us. So I want to say that to you one more time because I want you to, I want you to understand it. Respecting my parent, honoring my parent means that ultimately I'm honoring God because of the authority that he has given to them. It's so powerful. 
in what ways is God calling you to show honor to your mom? And when do you start? Today. You start today. And if you do, there is something that God has for you that can be found no other, no other place. There's something that God has for you in that, in that culture that can only be experienced when I choose to obey God's word. Make sense? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your great grace in our life. And Lord, thank you for just the opportunity we have to serve you and love you and honor our moms. And I pray that you would allow us to do it well. And I pray these things in Jesus' holy and powerful and awesome name. Amen. So I'd like you to all stand. We're going to do one more thing today. We're going to end our services with a song, which is really our prayer for you. And uh, I hope you don't walk out. Use this as an opportunity to get to the parking lot. Because this... Really, we're going to do the song, The Blessing. And it's really my prayer over you. It really is. And it is so powerful. And so I want you just to soak in. I want you to just receive from God. Receive from God the blessing that he has for your life today. Is that, is that a deal? All right, let's sing it.